and the face was up and it was jumping and I was getting told to calm down and oh, it was just the absolute relief that I've you know I finally got one and the joy. In fact, I was so happy I actually went over and bear hugged the angler who netted it for me and lifted him up and hugged him, which was a bit of a shock to him. <laughs> I remember driving home then and I felt it was about 10 foot tall driving home. Hello and welcome to the Ireland on the Fly podcast about the people and places of fly fishing in Ireland. As we head into December and we're stuck in winter, although fear not, the opening of the drows is only a few weeks away, hard to believe. You're also probably stuck at the vice, dreaming of the fly to tie to catch you your first salmon of the season in 2024. So for this week's episode, we wanted to concentrate on salmon flies and fly tying, and we're joined by Tony McCann from Belfast, who, although only taking up salmon fly tying four years ago, is already an accomplished salmon fly tire appearing at fairs around Ireland. His flies are catching salmon on rivers in Ireland and abroad, and he joins us to tell us how he developed his fly tying skills so quickly and why his flies are doing so well. But first, Tom, before we hear from Tony, have you been tying much yourself? Are you locked up in your man cave, howling at the moon during the long winter evenings? Well, I'm howling at the moon, anyway. Howling at the full moon this evening, anyway, yeah. Dara. <laughs> doing a bit, Dara. I could do more. Would you do it every evening, like like Tony mentions? No, I would not. No. I'm giving lessons. I've always been really? giving lessons here. Yeah, and I've given lessons to another club, giving youths and adults. So I've always done that for a bit over the winter. So I'd always have to practice a bit beforehand before you go home, you know, get back into the swing of things. Yeah, I could do more. I think it was the last year, two years ago, I did a break of fly tying in October. I was really proud of myself. Um, this year hasn't been great. Uh, I have a list done of patterns I need. Mind you, I have one of those every year. But are you thinking like for the 2024 season, you're like, right, I need I need to, f- you know, stock up on these for these. To do things right now, what you do is you bring your box up. Your, your not your, your, um, fishing tackle box right get all your boxes out you go through every box you draw a list of what you're missing you compile that list you go through your diaries as well and you cross reference as to what's caught okay and therefore you'll have a complete list of what you need to tie to fill the gaps and what you need to tie to have extra for if they catch fish and i love all those tied by about the 15th of january really oh, yeah, the, the last bit was a bit of a lie <laughs> the last bit was a complete lie 15th of february the, the, I've never, one year, one year, I did that. I was really impressed with myself. Um, I don't know, must have been doing a lot of howling at the moon. Uh, <laughs> that's the ideal thing to do. I've always said keep a diary anyway. You should always keep a diary. Uh, in that mark, what the flies you've had, because you will forget. Mm. Believe me, you, you will forget. I've gone back at the diary even for only from a year ago. And I'd look and i go, God, I'm catching that fly as well. Okay. Yeah, I, yeah. I thought I thought they were all under uh, Green Peter. Yeah. And then I went, no, they weren't. Okay. So tie them and then draw up your list from that. Check your flies that you have a plentiful supply of them. And that's if you're really organized. I'd love to be. I strive to that. And maybe, and we'll touch on this later, maybe I aspire to, be, to have OCD. <laughs> <laughs> the best way of putting it. Because I know what I need to do. Mm. And sometimes I do it but I don't do it all the time. It's the theory versus the practice gap. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's it. Uh, but come here, after talking to Tony and uh, to see his, that's almost meteoric rise in fly time, and I've always said it to you, you have to give it another go. <laughs> I mean, yeah, uh, no, for people a- who can't see for people who can't see the video here now, this is, this is a grimace to beat all grimaces. No, I, I tell you what, right. Um, actually, Tony <laughs> said it well, right? He says, 
you got to enjoy it, right? And to to get to that level he's at, right? And even to take it on, you know, never mind starting and then starting to go from there to the to, to next level. You have to really enjoy doing it, right? And really want to do it. And, you know, Tony mm. says, he says, you know, the kids go to bed and he's in his man cave most nights, you know, for a couple of hours doing it. And that's the level you have to do to. I don't think I'd enjoy it enough. And I'm with you on this as well. Sometimes you just love to, if you've half an hour, an hour, sit down and read. Yeah, that's like, you yeah. know, so. And then you get that. I, so, yeah, I kind of with you on that. don't have the grow or the pull. Now, now, yeah. You know what I, I mean? Understand, I understand, all right, when you're saying that, that if it's not there, then you can't be forcing yourself to do it. Yeah, and I'm maybe, maybe I'm just not at that stage in my life where I want to be forcing myself to do it. Like, I don't know, maybe in 20 years when I'm older and more decrepit, like, I will want to be doing it. But, Love the way you went more decrepit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, middle-aged, you know, middle-aged, feeling it, my back is hurting. Yeah, yeah. But, um, no, yeah, like, so... Yeah, this, it's funny, there's like, Tony talks about, you know, and you'll hear it, he talks about, you know, he was big into the martial arts, and he went from that, and he couldn't do that anymore, mm. so now, fly tying and fly fishing has replaced that for him. And Tony hits the nail right in the head there, he looks forward, he says, with well, the kids done and everything, he goes down into the man cave, Yeah, and he ties it. And actually, when I'm tying well, and the winters that I tie a lot, I look forward to it. Yeah. Nice. I actually do, and if I don't look forward to it, I, I, I have to, that's why I'm kind of agreeing with you after i've tried to coax you back into it again but um if i'm not looking forward to time flies old yeah you you need you need to have flip side of it is right if you were living down the road for me and you said to me Derek, now come on I'll, I'll give you a few lessons and i'll teach you and that blah 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 and then suddenly you're like oh you're tying what are you doing you know what i mean i think when you have that kind of partnership or mentor or whatever you want to call it well, actually, now it's very true you say that because one of the one of the flight time classes we do I do with um, Mike Shanks, and it's an adult one. It's a local one here, and it's run by the Kernamona Club. And I think at the moment we've we twelve senior twelve, 13, I think fourteen in total. Not everybody's been in every night, and it's turned out to be a really great night. Social because yeah, everybody everybody's every, everybody's able to tie, and it's just. Everybody together and and seeing them. Mike and myself will take turns mm. each night, but it's and everybody there and people and guys. When everybody goes back to tie themselves, it's like we, it's and it's also what um, Tony said as well. You know, the guys he's sitting beside, looking at them and uh, at a show and, and learning yeah. from them. It's the same at a, at a little at a club, the club event. And the guys are sitting beside one another and they're learning from one another. I wonder, I wonder if fly fishing clubs kind of missing a trick with that as well. Because I think, like, where where I live here, like, in the, the villages nearby, they have the card nights on a Sunday night. Mm. And it's the one chance where the community, for the neighbours to come around together and they just meet up in a local community hall and they do cards for a couple of hours. You know, and it's the social mm. aspect of it, like. And you wonder, like, are yeah. fly fishing clubs maybe missing a beat in terms of, it's, it's, it's a social thing. It's a great way to get yeah. members together. You know? It really is, and I, I think they are. I think more clubs should maybe look into it. Mm. And it doesn't have to be as organised as classes. I mean, you can get all you need is one person. Listen, for God's sake, you can put up a, you just bring a projector or, or big enough screen and put up a, one of Davy's video or anybody's videos. Yeah. There's so many videos. Uh, you know, there's so many videos. I just put them up. Yeah, but no, very much so. Yeah, I, I think you could be right. I think they are missing because I see the social aspect within within our their own club of it it's great it's so much easier to learn and you're more likely to 
push yourself to do it when you're in that kind of um, welcoming social atmosphere, I suppose. But mm. I have a few years left, I think, before. <laughs> yeah, before obviously, you become more decrepit as you say. <laughs> exactly. So, I, obviously, I haven't reached the more decrepit stage. Yeah, I, I'm, after we finish up now, I'm looking forward to tying a fly there. Oh, I'm just going to <laughs> go to bed, have my hot cocoa. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Look, let's get back to this week's guest, Tony yeah. McCann. And I first asked him about his journey into fly fishing and fly tying. So I guess I've always had an interest in fly tying and, well, fly fishing, sorry, from an early age. Um, you know, my grandparents had a, a caravan down in Bendorn and Donegal there. And every day or, or, or most days, we would have had a walk up to the Joyce River and, you know, stood at the little bridge there over the sea pools. Uh, and this is back in the days, you know, late 80s when there was actually fish about. So <laughs> you, you could have stood there all day and just saw the fish coming up the river and splashing and the guys fishing for them and catching them. And, you know, it, it's one of my earliest memories. And um, I guess that sparked the interest in, in in fly fishing. Did you pick up the rod then as a kid or was it later years? Like No, my, well, actually my dad would have faced the droosh and the bunt off and stuff back then. But uh, I, I remember going with him a couple of times and he caught a couple of trout and stuff. Um so my dad has faced for, for salmon for a long time. Um, he's never actually landed one on the fly yet, which I, uh, I'm very happy to remind him about. Uh, um, but, you but he's you don't do first. that, Tony. Tony, you don't do that. That's, oh, my God. Uh, uh, he mustn't be using your flies, Tony, then. <laughs> uh, listen, see the amount of abuse that man gives me. It's only fair I give Payback. him a bit back. Payback. <laughs> so... Uh, as far as flies themselves, I, re- I remember the old fishing shop in Bundoran uh, Town itself. And like I used to have my mum tortured or my granny tortured every time walking up and down the shop, you know, dragging them in so I could get a look at the flies. And I w- So I always had an interest, um, but I'd never really done it. And then kind of teenage years, I started doing a bit of pig fishing and some trout fishing. Um, and then that all came to an abrupt stop. I started doing like mixed martial arts. Um, yeah, I'd done that for a while and sparring was always at the weekend. So you just, you couldn't go fishing. Um, so that was kind of how it went up until around four years ago when I started kind of fly fishing and fly tan. Brilliant, brilliant. And it's actually interesting you said the mixed martial arts. Like I come across quite a few fly anglers who were, who also did martial arts previously. I'm thinking, I'm wondering, is there something about that kind of, I don't know, the dedication to the craft or something that, you know, just people like that kind of, you know, very focused kind of methodology, but also there's the kind of calmness to it, if you know what I mean. Like, Yeah, yeah well, well, I can't tell you that, like, fly tan is a lot easier on the face. <laughs> well, <laughs> let's get the hook in the mouth, which I have done. <laughs> yeah, fair point, fair point. Yeah, it's, it's funny, you know, back when I uh, was kind of doing it a lot, you know, all these kind of cage fighters and, you know, big doormen and stuff. And I would have kind of, I wouldn't have kept the fly tan, you know, hidden or, or, you know, but it was just never something that was brought up. But in more recent years, you know, when the guys have saw me on Facebook and stuff, they're going, oh, that's class. And, you know, I've had a few of them out and the guys are up, some of them even are interested in fly tan. So, yeah, it, it, there does seem to be a, a lot of interest there amongst that community as well. Yeah. It's interesting. Um, did you do yeah, very interesting? Yeah. Very interesting. And first of all, it's also interesting as well. I know what you're saying as well that you kind of, kind of hide the old flight time from because you know, 
<laughs> in, in such a thing like MMA, you know, yeah, to be seen as you know, oh, to the fore. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Maybe, maybe this, you know, this would bring my street cred down. But it's amazing, and then when it suddenly does get out, how the other guys are sort of wow, that's that's really amazing. The secret yeah. fly tying club in the in MMA, <laughs> yeah. like. Yeah. Well, no, you yeah, never you know. don't want to be giving off about the flies. <laughs> you never know. If you got Conor McGregor into it now, you know, you know, you could spark a whole thing, like you know. <laughs> Actually, yeah, did, yeah. did you yeah. do um, competitions MMA wise? Uh, I did. Yeah, yeah. How'd yeah. you get on? I wasn't very good at it, so that's why I left it. <laughs> uh, no, I did. Yeah, I, I competed a lot of like club levels, and uh, I done some. Well, it was called semi pro rules back then. Um, but yeah, I fought in front of front of crowds a couple of times. Yeah, but the only nerves got to me before the fight, and that's kind of what beat me. What was your specialty? Cran. <laughs> uh, my specialty was probably getting beat. <laughs> uh, yeah. Do you do any more any training, or have you given it up totally? Well, actually, yeah, that was something I was gonna, you know, kind of touch base on as to why I do the flight hand. Um, I would have kept active at the MMA and, you know, done a bit every morning and training, but unfortunately I'm not allowed to train anymore. Um, I got sick last year. Basically I had a brain hemorrhage last January um, and had brain surgery that, you know, the whole heap. So yeah. I'm very lucky to be here. And the doctor's orders was no more MMA, no more lifting weights, you know, anything like that. But on the flip side, the doctor also ordered do as much fly fishing and fly tan as possible. <laughs> so you can tell the wife so, or whatever. <laughs> yeah, so that, yep, I, I tell the wife, you know, it's doctor's orders. I need to go out here and tie flies. Okay. It doesn't yeah, work. Tony, <laughs> no, nobody's listening. Nobody's listening. Did he really say <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, Sorry, if you don't want me asking, um, like, the, the 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 context of the hemorrhage like did it literally was it just out of the blue was it like yeah, yeah. Um, me and my wife were actually on a comedy show and I took a pain in the back of my head and basically to cut a long story short I ended up going to the hospital collapsing waking up and a couple of surgeries later I was discharged Jeez. yeah how long were you in hospital oh. for I think I was in hospital for eight nights I think it was in for Jeez. yeah what age yeah. are you I'm 38, going to be 39. My God, so young to, yeah. for it to happen. Like. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just one of those things, you know, it could happen, happen to anyone. Yeah. It wasn't related to the MMA or any of that, like, was it? So they don't know. Um, with brain hemorrhages um, and brain aneurysms, which I, I have one as well, additional to the, the hemorrhage that I had, um, they don't really know what caused it. It's something that you may be born with, and it's also mm. something that could have been caused by a blow or, or whatever. Um but yeah. Well, like, Jesus, I hope so. Like, is it something you just kind of have to keep an eye on for the rest of your life and go for checkups? Yeah, and... so I uh, I go and get scanned every six months just to make sure that the aneurysm I have doesn't grow. Um, mm. But other than that, like, I feel fine. It's kind of, you know, I'm, I'm not ashamed to talk about it. I don't feel it's, it's, it's something yeah. that needs to be kept away, you know. Um, in fact, it'd be good to raise awareness yeah. for, for the condition. Definitely. Um, but, yeah, I kind of feel like myself, and it's it's a bit of surreal, you know, experience and talking about it. If that makes sense. Yeah, almost like an outer body, or like as if it was somebody else that nearly happened to kind it's, of. It's exactly Dara. Yeah, yeah. So as a result, then, it, it, have you found yourself having to? It's forced you to slow down. It's forced you into the at the fly tying vice. 
you know, so there's kind of a silver lining, I suppose, what I'm trying to say to it, like in the sense of you've been able to do a lot more fly fishing and fly tying now. Well, my wife doesn't buy into those orders from the doctor. <laughs> um, yeah, kind of. After after that kind of experience, you know, you kind of, you know, you look at things differently. I would have been a person that could stress very easy, took things very serious, um, and now I try to kind of have fun, have a bit of crack, you know, do things that I enjoy with people I enjoy doing them with, and just on that, I think that's maybe something the facing community could do with. You know, don't take it so serious. Have fun. Yeah. enjoy yourself you know that's really good words really good words tony and you're so right and sometimes it takes something as serious as to what happened to you yeah for you to sit back and realize whoa what's the point of really just going over the top with this like for example it's only fishing Why exactly no need to get yep. so serious you know exactly we've been faced with something like that and like lots of us have been through different things sometimes you just sit back and realize wow, isn't it just great to be here? Isn't it just great to be able to go fishing? Isn't it great to sit down and tie fly? Appreciate yep, it. Like, yeah, exactly. yeah. Yep. In fairness to Tom, like Tom, you've always said it, like in fairness, like, you know, we spoke about competition fishing versus pleasure fishing on last week's episode. And Tom, you've always said it. It doesn't matter. It's whatever you get out of it. You know, if you're into the competition, whatever, you know, whatever you get out of it, that's your bag, you know, and, you know, let everybody off to their own, you know. Um, and it, it is so true. Like I know, you know, and it's funny, a lot of people can use fly fishing as a kind of a, I suppose, their way of trying to switch off or trying to find peace or whatever you want to call it for a couple of hours a week or once a month or whatever they can. And sometimes it's even hard to do, I think, you know, because you're so used to, you know, you're kind of on the treadmill, you know, most of the week. And then you think, right, I'm going to. I'm going to find peace for these next three hours. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, a little escape. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It is a little escape, and it does work. But maybe we need to bring more of what we kind of find in fly fishing to the rest of our life, I think, as opposed to vice versa, like, you know. Um, but look, get, let's get back to the fly fishing, um, aside from our existential talk. Um, you, <laughs> the, so you've, you were fly fishing before that, but it really kind of maybe has accelerated and, and made you appreciate it more this year in terms of what you've done. Did you find yourself the fly tying really started taking over or are you still kind of fishing a good bit or what's the kind of ratio would you say? I like to try and tie flies every day. I try and come out to this little fly tying room that I showed just here, you know, try and get out for an hour every night, get the kids sorted, um, get the young one to bed and then just come out and I'll, I'll stick on a podcast and just tie away, you know. So uh, as far as fishing, you know, I've got a wife and three kids, so I'm sure a lot of other people, you know, will relate. It's not always easy. It's just jumping in the car and going down the road. Um, the other factor as well is I, I live in Belfast, you know, so all our really good fishing is like the Morn or up in Donegal. So you're talking a good hour and a half to two hours drive just to get there. So it's a full day, you know, excursion to try and get good fishing in. I suppose, like you said, isn't it? It's always easy to, it's easier to sit down at the voice, like you said, as opposed to go to the river. But Salmon is has become your bag, like in the in the recent while. Is it like you started out kind of, you know, maybe tying um, trout flies? Maybe just take us through that kind of journey when you, you know when you where you first started. I kind of first started tying trout flies when I was maybe twenty two or twenty three. I remember getting uh, in fact I have it here, Peter O'Reilly's book. My dad bought me Peter O'Reilly's book, and I think he bought me some fly tying materials and like a fly fishing reel or something they got from a twenty second or twenty third birthday. Um, 
I think he's maybe bought me them so he didn't have to buy flies anymore. Um, I'm not sure. But uh, yeah, I tried a couple of them. Uh, he's getting the chicken. I'm going to say this to you, Tony, because I often I often thought that with my dad, because my dad actually, very similar to your own scale there, very similar. My dad got me a fly time vice and everything. I often wondered, yeah, was that in the back of his mind? Yeah, yeah. Ulterior motives. Yeah, he, he kind of hedged around it when I asked him, but he said, but sure, if you did, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> so, come here. Actually, just back there, it was Peter O'Reilly's book. Was that the Trout and Salmon Flies of Ireland? That was. It is, yep. It's the one with all the flies, yeah. Yep, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the and, first and one. So the, I got all the materials, and tell me, did you just delve into it there and then, or? How did you get it? Yeah, yeah. Like there was no YouTube videos and all back then, you know. Yeah. Um, it was just yeah. I remember getting a couple of trout and salmon magazines and kind of there was I think back in those days there was like step by step guides printed in them. So I kind of used that as a tablet for tan a couple of you know trout flies and it was like you know clarred bumbles and what else did I tie? You know some dabblers and stuff. But in fairness, it didn't it didn't tie a lot. You know, twenty or thirty flies maybe maximum, and then that was kind of you know set to the side. Um, but it wasn't really until four years ago, um, by chance, I, I actually met a really good fly tire from Belfast called Aidan McKinley. <clears throat> and uh, it was around the same time I tried to get into the fly fishing for salmon. And I think there's a lot of stuff about salmon fishing, especially that, you know, you don't really know what, what, what the setup is, what lane you should be using, what flies you should be using. You know, there's a lot of that to it. Or at least when I was starting off, I, I didn't understand. I didn't know what what I had to get. So thankfully, Aiden kind of took me under his wing and, you know, showed me the ropes and also showed me a bit of fly tan. Um, and then I remember going down to the Galway fly fair, the last one, I think it was four years ago. And I literally had no materials, nothing. I had never tired a salmon fly. And uh, I went down with a friend and literally just went around the shops, picked up the stuff I needed to tie a couple of patterns um, Matt Rand, Houston, and Dean Armstrong, and all that, you know, for the first time, Frankie McPhillips, and they were all very welcoming. And uh, I remember going, you know, these lads are class, like, you know, these are legends at this game. So I'd never tired of fly. I went back, started watching the likes of Rand's videos and stuff, um, reaching out to him on Facebook. And there, there's a great fly fishing community here of fly tires. Um, mm. All of them I find are very, very helpful, very, very friendly. And they want to see you progress. Um, so the the advice and the help I've got over the years has just been invaluable from them, you know. Um, but again, that, that was four years ago. Um, and then fast forward to a couple of weeks ago where I got a message out of the blue by Stevie Munn asking me, you know, to come up and tie it at uh, the next fly fair up in Nenaskeon. So uh, I accepted it. You know, I was blown away. I couldn't believe it. Was that your first um, um, fair? So I've tied on a couple of other ones. I tied, I think my first fur was maybe last year up at the Northwest. And then I tied down at uh, Ned Maher's show down in the Durr yes, Springs. Yes. That's a great show as well. Yeah. Um, it's a great setup Ned has down there. Uh, um, but yeah, I was blown away to get, get asked to the, the Irish Fly Fair because um, it's more international, you know, mm. it's like a bigger, bigger event. So I went down and I spoke to Stevie and I had a little chuckle about, you know, the fact that I'd never tied a fly at the last fly fair and I, I'm sitting on Tires Road at, at this one. So Fair play. Little would you have thought like when you were walking around four years no, ago? No, no idea. No idea. You went, 
you went out of the Galway show, I think it was 2019. That's the last one before COVID, actually. Yes. And, and had you already at this stage decided, Tony, I think I'm going to concentrate on salmon flies. Was it, were you drawn towards the salmon flies at that stage? Yeah, it was more drawn towards salmon fishing. You know, I, right. I was busting to get a salmon on a fly that I tied myself. Um, so shortly after, as you as you rightly said, you know, there was the whole lockdown of COVID-19. So I was off work. I had nothing better to do. And I tried to play guitar and I failed miserably. Um, so What's that, I started- What's that when I grew up? What is it? Uh, when when I was growing up, I always wanted to play the guitar really badly. I achieved that goal. Uh, it's nearly as bad as my singing. <laughs> so uh, actually, so actually, if you hadn't tied um, tied flies, so after you'd finished the MMA, you would have gone into music. Uh, if you've ever heard me sing, <laughs> that was a non-starter. <laughs> Um, so so every day of lockdown, you know, I would have got, got up, done a little workout and sat and tied flies for an hour or two, um, took the kids for a walk and just kind of got my days in. Um, and then after lockdown, that you know, the, the restrictions eased and I was able to get out and finally got my first fish on the fly. Oh, did you? Tell us about yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, I was going to keep that till the end. Okay, keep I know that you to the end. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. What, what yeah. I want to ask you then, when you, were, when you started on the salmon flies, and salmon flies can be quite difficult, like all flies can be quite difficult. But did you set yourself targets, Tony? Did you say, "All right, I want to, I want to be able to do this," or did you just go into it and go, "I'll see how I progress"? I would be naturally a very competitive person, mm. um, and not not in that. Oh, I want to catch more fish than Tom, or I want my fly to look better than Tom's. It's more, I want the last fly I tied to be better than the one previous. Yeah. yeah. Um. So I always try to get a cleaner, you know, more visually appealing fly. But I also set myself little little challenges, you know, one, catch a fish on my own fly. You know, the next one was catch a fish on a, on my own pattern, um, which I haven't actually done yet. You know, I've tied flies for other people with, you know, patterns I've made up. They have caught yeah. fish on, on them. All right. But, uh, I was going to ask you that because you I could give one of the patterns to your dad. <laughs> <laughs> he gets enough. So he does. <laughs> He's actually he's actually banned from a fly tan room. Um, <laughs> now I have I have flies I've tied here sitting kind of like on foam that maybe are orders or flies I've tied up waiting to go out. And uh, I'll tell you a funny story. Actually, my, my brother also tied or also fly fishes for salmon. And uh, I can't remember where it was. It was away somewhere. And he messaged me and says, "Oh, I'm going to the fin tomorrow. Have you any flies for me?" And I says, yeah, there's a couple of little bead heads, you know, on my fly tent desk, just go in and get them. And there was maybe six or seven flies sitting there. So the next time I come back, I looked at my, my little fly wall and looked at my, it's looking light. And I realized he maybe lifted 30 flies on me. <laughs> <laughs> so one of, one of them was actually, uh, I, I love the, you know, you know the, uh, the blue charms with the mollard wings. Mm-hmm. So I absolutely love those. And I tied a real nice one up. Well, I thought it was nice anyway. And uh, I had a set aside. So he also liked the idea of it as well and lifted it and put it in his box. And uh, I remember getting the message through. It was actually at uh, another fly tan show up in Shane's Castle. And I got the message through. He used the like the fancy blue charm up on the fin. 
and got himself a six pound grilt. <laughs> so unbelievable. So he's another one that's barred. <laughs> that list is growing. That list is growing. <laughs> You're obviously getting a name, uh, Tony, for you know, family, friends, wider circle in terms of the um the effect of the flies. What what do you think is it about Yours that you like, you know, you take pride in what you see about them. You know, if you were to talk about your strengths as a fly tire, what is it? I reckon I have a bit of OCD. You know, I'm a I'm a manufacturing engineer building composite aerospace parts in real life. Um, so I, I suppose I have an eye for detail, um, but I'm also very pernickety. You know, I like things done a certain way, and if it's not right, it's not done. If, do you know what I mean? So, um. I don't know, I guess maybe that's that's the, the case, you know. But as far as my flies, like, I don't think my flies are anything special to anyone else's. You know, that's that's being honest. You know, there's some great fly tires out there. Yeah, but, but Tony, the fact that you're getting invited to the fairs, you know, people are asking for your flies, you know. There's... Yeah, well, it's, it's a nice compliment, you know. It, it's, it's uh, yeah, the flies are some crack. You know, I have to say, I really enjoy those, going and interacting with people and scoot crack. When you went to the fairs, did you was there any fly tires that you were keen to meet and learn from and talk to? Maybe international ones or all of them, to be honest. Um, you know, at the fly fair just last week, I kind of had Dean Armstrong on one shoulder and I had Jackie Mahan on the other. And you know, there's so many. There's seventy of the world's best fly tires there, and you know, I want to see how they're all tan their flies and all little tips and tricks. And I'm sitting there itching. I have to tie flies and interact with people, but I'm itching to get up for a walk around and have a look at the flies. And there was just some unbelievable talent on display at that show. So I, I really, really enjoyed that. But it's very true what you say, because, and I agree with you wholeheartedly, looking at other guys, uh, at craftsmen, working away, you can pick up little things. It might be the smallest little thing, Tony. Like what? You just pick up something. You could look, all right, for example, even the last day I was with uh, Jackie when we did the thing for um, uh, we did a video for Fulling Mill, right? Mm. And the way he does a, the way he does a dabbler wing, I never actually looked at the way Jackie does a dabbler wing, right? Um, I like my way, but I spotted his way and um, where he just uses one fold, and I said, you know, I will try that and I will use that, <laughs> and it's different to my way, but it's still a way that I would do it, and and that was just one th- one thing. <clears throat> Just yeah, something something small up. and simple like that. Yeah, like, yeah. it's yeah, interesting. The smallest yeah. little thing. Did you pick up um, Tony when you were watching? I, I actually did. Yeah. Um. So recently, I've started tan. You know, the old classic style salmon flies, and I've been getting a lot of help from here. You know, the likes of Rand Houston and Peter Keeley. I hope they don't mind me mentioning their names. You know, have been fantastic. They're really really helpful. Uh, and they've it's, both been on the podcast. Has Peter been on as well? Has he? Yes, Peter was on for the classic salmon flies. Oh, I really haven't heard that one. The cork the, collection. I'll have to check it out. Yeah. Peter was, uh, did a bit on the, do you remember the cork collection with the flies from 100 years ago? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, so they're both both great guys. As I said before, there's so many great guys, um, you know, in kind of like my little fly tan circle. I feel kind of privileged. You know, a lot of guys, they're very, very, very good, very helpful always pushing you on to, to progress and, uh, you know, do the next thing. Um, but as far as tips at the show, um, as I said, you know, tan the classic salmon flies. Um, my, my crest, you know, the, the golden pheasant crest over the wing, it's just not, I'm not happy with it. And uh, I spoke to why, one of the... Why, 
sorry, but Tony, why aren't you happy with it? Is it the way it's lying or what is it? So, is it, so we're getting into geeky stuff now. Yeah, yeah, we are. I'll well, just make a cup of tea and I'll <laughs> leave you as two. Put on like the kettle there. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just how, how the, the, the little feathers aren't spraying out as well as I would like them to and how the crest is kind of curved. Um, so I went down and, sp- and saw some of the Norwegian guys and uh, I asked them, you know, well, like, what do you think? You know, is there any tips? And he says, I'll call around and see you. So... The gentleman came around, and that says his name. Um, really, really nice guy. Come around, looked at the flies, says, "Oh, the, you know, the, your flies are beautiful. Your crests are crap." Uh, <laughs> and I was like, "Yes, totally." <laughs> <laughs> so he he then showed me a little tip of how to basically form them better and get them display better. So I'll, uh, I've had a couple of goes with that this week. So brilliant! brilliant. I haven't done too many fully dressed salmon flies uh, when I did yet. Um, my crests were fairly crap as well, actually. <laughs> Sorry, I, used to bend, I used to have to bend. I would then uh, bend it. I would put an actual bend in it beforehand before I would um, tie it in then. That kind of helped yeah. me a bit. It splayed it a bit better, but it was still it's an awkward one. It, it's Put it this way. It's one of those things. It's it's when it's perfect, you notice it. Yes, yes. You know, that's and that's the thing with the overlying crest. You get away with it when it, when it's 80, 90%, it looks okay. It looks grand. You go, eh, it's okay. But when it's done right, you just you you, yes. you look at it and you go, that's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. So this is this is where my OCD kicks in. It's either <laughs> right or it's wrong. You know. But isn't that like okay, as I said before, I'm not a fly tire, um, but I am fascinated by the people that do the fly tying and and Tom, you had a great word for it, the craftsman. You know. Mm. Um, you know, that's I think that's a great word for it. But you probably need, correct me if I'm wrong, Tony, you probably need that kind of OCD to really perfect it, like to really, like even, Tom, when we did the, the book club episode on the Feather Thief, the people who were so, like that elite level of fly tying was just so OCD, it seemed. Like you you nearly have to have that, don't you, to be so pernickety? Like. Yeah, I, I say it certainly helps. You know, I'd say if you look at the top 5% in any kind of discipline, you'll probably yeah. find a little bit of that. Yeah. You know, I, I know like from, from, as I was saying about the MMA background, you know, the, the real best, like just live it constantly. You know, you, you know, they have everyday life as kind of a side thing. It's the MMA and sparring and rolling and, you know, that's that's their life. Yeah, it's it's know? it's so true. I think it's actually, it's it's an any, like I said, it's any walk of life, it's any sport. I yeah. know have any sports people, like proper sports people. Like you said, that's a great way of saying it. It's life was outside of what they actually did. Like, to, and yeah. I always think about even like people who yeah. reach the top of their game and you kind of look at them and go, God, I'd love to be like that. And then you kind of go, would I actually have that to do that? You know, and I actually don't, you know, and, and there's a reason why those people are there at that level, you know, because you, you just have to, you, not that you stop living, but your life is lived through the funnel and the focus of just this one thing, whatever it is you're doing. Like it's, it's, it's phenomenal. Like, but I wanted to ask you about the classic salmon flies. Is that a kind of a natural progression in terms of the journey as a fly tire uh, when it comes to salmon flies that, you know, you've tied fly, salmon flies, you know, that you've, you know, you catch a salmon on or whatever. But the next one now is the classic salmon flies, the ones that go in the frames, the ones that have like a hundred different feathers or something ridiculous. Like. Natural progression, I don't know how, how it actually came about. I think I actually messaged Ran, Ran Houston, um, 
and I asked him, could I buy one of his plastic salmon flies to put it up on the wall? Um, and he told me, no, tie one yourself. You know, <laughs> you know how Ran could be. <laughs> so I was like, oh, I don't know, Ran, I haven't got the time, I haven't got the patience, you know, and all that. So a couple of weeks ago, I, I messaged him saying, okay, I'm going to do it. You know, what do I need? Um, and long story short, he's, he's kind of been a guiding hand along with the likes of Peter um, to help me along. Yeah. So it's see the classic salmon flies. It's so difficult to see trying to get the materials and even the hooks. Like it's it's really difficult. How long would it some a classic salmon fly take? Like how I do it is I make the wing. I marry the wing up first. So you know the colorful mm. wing of strips of turkey and golden pheasant and stuff. So I would make those first, and then look at the hooks. See what size I want to tie it on. Uh, but as far as as length of time, you know, marrying the wings. Maybe it takes you 20 minutes to do a set of wings. Um, me, I mean, I'd be pretty slow. But the first the first classic salmon fly tie was the Green Highlander. And I think it took me about four hours to tie, which is, is long. But the most recent one, I think I tied it in about an hour. But some of the some of the masters will take days to tie. You know, everything is just perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So have you got it in frame now? Or are, you going, are you putting them up on the wall? Of a couple in a frame, yeah. Yeah, I have a couple in a frame. Yeah, well, I've fair got play a lot to of Ryan. Fair <laughs> play to Ryan. He, he made you get your finger out and get it done. Excellent. Want a picture yeah, of that? Yeah. We'll have a picture yeah, of that a, to put up. Yeah. As I say before, you know, there is a, a great fly tying community here. And um, especially someone from like myself starting off as a, as a beginner, not only in fly tying, but also fly fishing. You know, I'm very much reliant on more experienced anglers and, and fly tires to show me the ropes. You know, because you, you can have all the gear and land on the river, but you don't know what you're doing. You know, you need someone to be a guiding hand. And I think that's important, you know. So I would encourage more experienced anglers to help out some beginners, you know, be a guiding hand. And, and in fairness, like my experience, anytime I'm on the river, I've, I always seek out the, the older anglers. <laughs> uh, the guys who've been coming down, you know, year after year, and I'll always ask them, I always ask them for and. 99% of the time they're they're very happy to 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 help out like and it is it's the one thing I lo- always wished I had growing up was somebody that you know would kind of show you the ropes kind of you know that you could learn from and do but you just have to put in the errors as I've discovered you know and when you can find a helping hand along the way all, all the better and it's the same with the fly tying Tom isn't it like what I just uh, I think you've mentioned that Tony and very much the case but like definitely within actual fly fishing or fishing in general you know, people w- are just so keen to help you out. But it's really great to hear, Tony, that you found that since when you got into fly tying, the exact same of, you know, that the camaraderie and people willing to help you and, you know, people pulling out the stops to, to do things for you. I think that's great. Yeah, really yeah, yeah. It, like... it just goes to show, yeah, for anybody yeah. starting out, you know, go to the shows, go, you know, go, Ask to, other questions. People, go to clubs, talk to other people, ask questions, yeah. And and reach out is what you're saying, Tony. Reach out, and people will be. Yeah, you know, people are people are there to help, and there's there's so much talent. You know, in my street, I live in in Belfast, in a you know built up estate, and there's some cracking fly tires in this estate alone. <laughs> you know, in in the middle of Belfast, you know, yeah. so we're, we're everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> you're a disease. <laughs> <laughs> is is it though? I wonder um, to do with as well that, like you said earlier, uh, Tony, is that you know it's not like 
you can just pop out down the river to go salmon fishing. Mm. So you're kind of forced to do a lot more fly tying, maybe. Yeah, maybe. You know, I get so much enjoyment of the fly tying, you know. Um, I get the same. You, you mentioned the, you know, the peace and tranquility of getting to the river and, you know, being in nature and stuff. I get the same peace sitting here, tying flies, you know, absolutely love it. Any tips or advice for people starting out? Apart, from, uh, apart yeah. from reaching out and asking questions, but... First of all, enjoy yourself. You know, it's it's a hobby. You know, have fun doing it. You know, don't take it so serious. Um, and if you want to progress in anything, do it more often. You know, yeah. get a device and tie flies. Um, I wouldn't be going buying a whole lot of materials at the start. You know, buy, buy enough materials for maybe one or two patterns, say the likes of a cascade, something like that, and just tad, ask for feedback on it. You know, listen to what the feedback actually is and try and put it into practice. Tad again and repeat and repeat and repeat until you, you know, get better. Um, or until you're happy with the fly you actually have in your hand, uh, and then maybe progress on the different patterns. So for yourself, like, would you set goals now for, like Tom mentioned earlier, but like, would you set goals for yourself for, you know, the winter or 2024 in terms of different flies that you want to tie or? Not really. Nah, I don't know. Just to try and get out more often next year at the prime time. Um, that would be my goal for, for next year, you know. Tell us some of the places you fished. Is it the drows? Is that in the fin? Are they the kind of rivers you'd be fishing? So I'd fish mainly the, the Strul, uh, the Morn, you know, up the own Kalu, come on. I got up onto the fin. I got my first fish from the fin this year. Um, I fished the drows as well. Um, I've actually got the Scotland as well a couple of times, which I'm, oh, you know, tell us about that. About. Where'd you go? Uh, over to the Tweed. I have a friend over there uh, who's a ghillie, um, so he kind of looks after us when we get over. So I faced, faced a few rivers over there, faced the Tweed, the Teviot, the Tay, the Tummel. Um, yeah, so uh, it's a different setup over there. It's it's fantastic. So it is. What was the fishing like? This year was poor. Last year was was pretty good. Um, last year we had, I can't remember the full total. I think it was maybe 14 fish over three days by three of us. Very good. Yeah. Timed it right. Um, good, yeah. Yeah, I would attend it perfectly. Uh, and it's funny too, Ari Shrimp Patterns were, were doing the business. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah, which is a pattern that, you know, or a style of pattern, I suppose, that isn't really used in Scotland by all accounts. Mm. Um, but they certainly cleaned up that time we were over. Um, so uh, that's interesting. So you were the only guys um, using the shrimp patterns and obviously did well on them. That's an interesting. Yeah, well, it's probably like our own rivers here. You know, you have fast-moving bits of the river and then there's slower pools. Um, the bait we were fishing was a slower pool, but it just must have been stuff for fish. Um, mm. And the, the golden pheasant tail, you know, wrapped around in the ice shrimp patterns the way it is, you know, it looks fantastic in the water and it pulsates in the, in the slower water. And I think that was maybe just attracted the fish. You know, a lot of the guys over there would be using like park shrimps, Calvin shrimps and, you know, cascades. Mm. You know, lots but different. It, it, it worked. Yeah, lots different. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Just interesting there about materials. Actually, we want to get back before we go. I was very impressed because you said there about the blue charm. When you tied the blue charm, you still put mallard on it, bronze mallard. Yes. Because you very rarely see that now, particularly in any commercial. It's always got a fur wing. Yeah. Origi- yeah. 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 Uh, there's something about mallard wings. It just. It's the blue charm with a mallard wing on it is probably my favorite fly. Just to look at, it's just absolutely beautiful. It's a beautiful looking fly. Do you think it makes a difference to the fish? Well, it certainly works. You you can ask my brother. (laughs) (laughs) Works in the fin, anyway, is it? (laughs) 
Yeah, well, listen, the old guys knew what they were doing, you know. Um, all those patterns have caught a lot of fish, so who are we to, to dispute that, you know? Yeah, no, they worked, they worked. No, but I agree with you totally. You compare a blue charm with a fur wing to one with a mallard wing. I mean, the one with the mallard wing just looks, just looks yeah. beautiful. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, 2024 promises to be a good one then for you, Tony, in terms of more fares, more fishing. Let's hope so. Yeah. Yeah. So Stevie Munn has already asked me back to the Irish Fly Fair. I'm going to be tanned down at Ned Show as well. So um, there's a few other things in the pipeline that could happen, most likely will happen. Um, but, but we'll see. Yeah, I'm looking forward to getting out. Um, hopefully try some new rivers in the new year. Let's hope it's a good season. And keep tying at the vice most evenings, as you said. Just keep practising it. And yeah, keep that, that's it. it. Yeah, yeah. just keep at it. Well, I think we'll ask you our final question for the night, Tony. And okay. you have been warned. And we had a hint of it earlier. So what was your most memorable fish on the fly? So I had to had think about this. I was kind of thinking and it made it being the first fish I caught when my dad was present. Um, but it was a coloured fish and, you know... Like I just, it was memorable, but I think the most memorable fish was the very first salmon caught on a fly I tied myself. Well, I've only ever caught salmon on fish uh, on flies I've tied myself, but uh, it was during lockdown restrictions that just have uh, was just lifted, so it was two thousand and twenty, and I was down on the stool at Newton Stewart. So remember, I've never caught a fish. I'm brand new, you know, can barely cast. Some people say I can still barely cast, <laughs> but uh, I've stand in the top of the pool there at the Sewell at Newton Stewart, right where the own clue runs in. Um, there was a couple of guys down below me fishing, and one of the one of the anglers had already got two fish, so we knew there was fish in the water, and there was fish moving up through it. So I cast my flag into the fast water, and you know I'm just watching the world go peacefully by, and the line went tight, and you know all hell broke loose. Um, I totally lost composure, was dancing about the riverbank. I think I made up a couple of new swear words. Um, just, <laughs> just completely panicking. Um, and the face was up and it was jumping and I was getting told to calm down. And oh, it was, it's funny looking back now. But uh, the relief, see, when, when the other angler uh, landed it for me and I got it in the net, just the absolute relief that I've, you know, I finally got one and the joy. In fact, I was so happy, I actually went over and burr hugged the angler who netted it for me and lifted him up and hugged him, which was a bit of a shock to him. <laughs> but uh, I remember driving home then, and I felt it was about 10 foot tall driving home um, with my face in the boot. And I brought it down to my mom and shoulder and going, you know, mom, look, I caught my first salmon and, you know, and then showed my dad going, look. So, yeah, it was that was a great experience. It's very special, yeah. Exactly. Actually, that's good. It, I always find that you know when you're if you're coming home from salmon fishing, most of the time it's empty-handed or you know you, you're blanked. Mm. Well, I me it is anyway. But that's so true when you when you're driving home and you've caught, you kind of feel like you said you feel ten foot tall. You kind of feel you like do. yes, I've cracked it go. now. That's it now. I'm at <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, the salmon had better watch out. Like <laughs> oh. <laughs> then you blank. What was the fly, by the way? A bond special. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. It's hard to beat a bond special. Have you kept that fly like in a case or something? Or? Yeah. So I actually have a, a nice photo frame with me holding the fish and uh, the, the fly attached to it. So did you ever use that fly again? 
Never that will fly. We'll never see water. <laughs> the magic fly. <laughs> um, Tony, for anybody interested in following you, getting flies, where can they find you? How can they get in touch? Uh, Facebook is Anthony McCann Samoflies and Instagram is Ari Samoflies. Yeah, so if I can help anyone in any way, by all means, you know, just reach out. I'll help you if I can. Brilliant. Well, the flies work. We know that. Your brother knows that. <laughs> That he doesn't pay for I them. wish it would work more often for me though that's the thing <laughs> <laughs> they will they will <laughs> Tony it's been brilliant chatting to you um, tight lines for 2024 and um, who knows we might see you at some of the fairs as well over over the next year hopefully lads thanks for having me on I enjoyed this and uh, tight lines for yourselves in 24 our thanks to Tony McCann for joining us on the show don't forget to rate review and follow the Ireland on the Fly podcast on Apple Spotify or wherever you get your podcast from. Plus you can keep up to date on IrelandOnTheFly.com as well as on Instagram, and myself and Tom will be back with another episode about the people and places of fly fishing in Ireland.